Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Tuesday, October 31st. Six minutes after nine, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Israel says there were large exchanges with Hamas in Gaza overnight. As its ground offensive continues, IDF says its forces were attacked by terrorists with anti-tank missiles and machine gun fire and airstrikes on the Gaza Strip also continued overnight. Israel says more than 300 targets were hit in total. So a lot going on and many people protesting all across the world. Lots calling for ceasefire, but Israel saying, no, we're in war. We're not going to ceasefire. All right, uh, real quick, before we start talking about Netanyahu, I do want to go ahead and make a note of this. It is uh, what is today? October the 31st, mm-hmm. uh, 2023. It is 9.07 in the morning. Yes. Let's go ahead and jot this down. I'm about to say something nice about the Republicans. Oh, so let's okay. just go ahead and jot this down here. Yeah. We had talked about yesterday that we're going to find out very quick what sort of speaker this guy's going to be. Mike Johnson. Yes. And uh, adult film star slash speaker of the house, Mike Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I said, look, I I do not live in the delusion in the sense of the government is never going to be as I wish it to be. The government is never going to balance its budget. The government is never going to honestly pay its bills. However, what I do expect right now is for the government, if they're going to have these pull out of thin air expenses, we must support Israel. Okay, fine. Then at the very least, take that money you've already printed for something else and allocate it to that so you're not printing more money. Like, that is the bare minimum I expect, I think is reasonable to expect, given the promises the Republicans made. And to their credit, yeah. in this funding with Israel, I believe it's $14.3 billion, billion. Yeah, they are advocating and the, they have passed that that money be used from the money they had allocated to the IRS yeah. in the deal uh, in the previous spending whatever it was that the Republicans didn't resolve. So would I, in a perfect world, see them just take the money from the IRS and give some relief to the taxpayers? Yes. But if you are going to throw more money at Israel, and let me be very clear, money is absolutely not the problem with what's going on with Israel. But if you are insistent upon throwing money at Israel, at least don't print it, take it from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And they have, they have, it's like the limbo when the thing is above your head and you just walk under the bar. At least the Republicans have walked under the bar. Yeah. So they're cutting from one area to give to another. There you go. Which is a shocker, right? Yeah. Trick or treat. What? <laughs> so uh, now and now it's in the hand. It'll be in the hands of the Senate. And let's see if the Senate has the guts to say, no, we're not giving money to Israel. Well, and another thing is MJ and Mitch McConnell probably getting into a little bit of a battle about this because MJ is adamant that he does not want money for Ukraine and money for Israel all coming from the same pot. He wants them separate. So, and that seems to be what he's doing. Yeah. And so again, as they have said, uh, this does not include money for Ukraine, which is the right thing to do. These things should be voted on separately. They, everybody should own these things separately. No more of these, this omnibus stuff. Yeah. Bills are bills. They stand on their merit. They die on their merit. So, Again, I just wanted to make a note of that. I've spent two and a half minutes saying how the Republicans did the right thing. So for all you people who are, why is he always so mean to the Republicans? They did something right. 
we praise them. Mm-hmm. I would love nothing more than every single day to come out here and tell you how the Republicans are doing the right thing. And in this case, the bare minimum, but they're doing the right thing. Okay, so last night, the Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu, he rejected calls for a ceasefire in Gaza, saying that this is a time for war. I want to make clear Israel's position regarding a ceasefire. Just as the United States would not agree to a ceasefire after the bombing of Pearl Harbor or after the terrorist attack of 9-11, Israel will not agree to a cessation of hostilities with Hamas after the horrific attacks of October 7th. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that there is a time for peace and a time for war. This is a time for war, a war for our common future. Today we draw a line between the forces of civilization and the forces of barbarism. It is a time for everyone to decide where they stand. Israel will stand against the forces of barbarism until victory. I hope and pray that civilized nations everywhere will back this fight. Because Israel's fight is your fight. Because if Hamas and Iran's axis of evil win, you will be their next target. That's why Israel's victory will be your victory. But make no mistake, regardless of who stands with Israel, Israel will fight until this battle is won. Okay, so Israel has agreed to allow 1,200 trucks per day of humanitarian aid to go into Gaza. That's a huge mistake. But Ga- but Hamas has only accepted 400. That's a, that's a huge mistake. If you are in war, you are in war to win. And you are, uh, look, I'm sorry, it's, but, but hell, I'm not saying anything the Biden administration mm-hmm. didn't say. John Kirby said, war is about death, yeah. right? The reality is that war is about death and you can't be half in and half out. And if you're going to send this stuff to these people, you are sending it to them, if we're being honest with ourselves, knowing that is going to end up in the hands of terrorists. Whatever they can use to manufacture into weapons, they will use. Whatever they can use to keep themselves alive, they will do. And that is a huge mistake. Unfortunately, you're in a position of war. That is death. And sadly, innocent people have to die in war because you're dealing with a bunch of terrorists. Yeah. Hamas's strategy is to keep people in Gaza hungry, angry, and dependent. So they will use that humanitarian aid against uh, Israel at a later date. So Karine Jean-Pierre was asked if the Biden administration thinks that protesters are extremists because protests are popping up all over the world. You saw it uh, in London. You saw it on the Brooklyn Bridge. It's happening on college campuses. So uh, what do we think? Are these protesters extremists? Thank you, Corrine. Does President Biden think the anti-Israel protesters in this country are extremists? What I can say is what we've been very clear about this. When it comes to anti-Semitism, there is no place. We have to make sure that we speak against it very loud uh, and be uh, and be very clear about that. Remember, what the president decided to, when the president decided to run for president is what he saw in Charlottesville in 2017, when we, he saw uh, neo-Nazis marching down the streets of Charlottesville uh, with vile anti-Semitic uh, just hatred. And he was very clear then, and he's very clear now. Uh, he's taken actions against this over the past two years, and he's continued to be clear. There is no place, no place for this type of vile and despite, despite this, this kind of rhetoric. She won't say it. I know. 
Isn't that, I mean, Casey, ask me. Just let's role play. You mm-hmm. be Peter Ducey, I'll be Cringe on okay. Carey. Ready? Yeah. You ask, you ask the same question. Okay. Uh, do you think that these protesters are extremists? Yes, absolutely. They are complete lunatics. They are, uh, many of them, complete anti-Semitic, and the rest of them are complete idiots. And they do absolutely not represent the mainstream of America or this administration, and they should be re- resoundingly condemned. Okay. Boom! How hard was that? You, you, you nailed it. You did a good job. Okay, so we've seen these protesters, they fall on generational lines with older Democrats supporting Israel, younger ones being pro-Hamas. I'm really curious if it's possible that KGP is on the younger side of things and, and maybe not on the same page with her boss. But Peter Ducey goes on to ask if uh, Joe Biden thinks the anti-Israel protesters around the country are extremists, given the fact that he's always talking about MAGA extremism. We hear you guys don't talk about extremists all the time. It is usually about MAGA extremists. So what about these protesters who are making Jewish I've students feel very, unsafe very on college campuses? Are they extremists? I've been very, very clear. We are calling out any form of hate, any form of hate. It is not acceptable. It should not be acceptable here. And we are going to continue to call that out. And let, and let me be very clear. This is a president that has continued to have that fight in his office, in this administration. You know, when he repealed Trump's Muslim ban on his very first, first day in office, that is something that this president did. Uh, he also established an inter-policy committee to counter Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, and related forms of bias and discrimination. We have taken this very, very, very seriously from the president all the way on down. She won't say it Mm-mm. because that is the base of the Democrat Party, and they know it. It's the BLM people. It's the squad people. It's the college campus radical people. That is the base of the Democrat Party. And the, well, there was just a poll that came out recently yep. that showed how those people are already super uh upset with Biden and he's losing their support. It shows how low his support amongst Democrats are. It's not the mainstream Democrats. It's these people who don't believe he's radical enough. Um, This was years ago and it's still true today. And it was actually came from a guy who's been on the show many times. Dr. Michael Munger, the Duke economist told me this when Obama was president, he said, if you listen to Obama, his most used word is let me or phrase is let me be clear. Yeah. His least used phrase is let me be specific. Mm. And if you listen to Biden, it is the same thing. It is this roundabout phraseology, word salad bullcrap. And they never actually answer the question with specific mm-hmm. to the, specifically to the question that is asked. Right. It is 17 minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. After nine, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So as Congress debates how the U.S. will respond to the Israel-Hamas war, Todd Young, he was downtown Indy last night. He was at the U.S. Global Leadership Coalition. Boy, that just sounds like a group of future warmongers getting together, doesn't it? What's the name of that place? U.S. Global Leadership Coalition. I thought the same thing. I thought, what is this organization? These are the people that will be sending your future sons and daughters 
years to fight and die. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's uh, he's what breaking away from some of his fellow Republicans who are saying, like Mike Johnson, that we just discussed in our last segment, who's saying let's keep the money separate. Todd Young responding favorably to President Biden's request for 106 billion dollars in emergency aid, not only for Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan, but also the southern border. Well, Todd, put it all in one big pot. Duke of Spendingburg. And look, give the Duke credit. Mm-hmm. He told me, you remember Casey in the uh, Stax Pancake House, full room of people in which he moved very aggressively towards me. Mm-hmm. And he did it with an armed deputy behind him, which is crazy because Todd's such a tough Marine 2A guy. He's that, scared of you. That the, uh, the, he'd be afraid of the radio broadcaster that he needed the big, the big burly armed deputy behind him. Mm-hmm. You remember that. That's when they said no filming. And then Igor, mm-hmm. his evil, awful assistant, quickly whipped out the camera as soon as Todd started being John. Like, what did he think was going to happen? That he was going to goad me into getting in a uh, attempted fist fight with the U.S. Senator? Todd Young really is a pathetic human being. All of that being said, he did admit before he kind of came unhinged and started moving aggressively at me with the armed deputy behind him that he was never stopping the spending. Like, he doesn't feel bad about any of it. He's never stopping. He doesn't care if it's 11 trillion, 12 trillion, 15 trillion. So we have to get Give Spendingberg credit that he did. He's what? sticking to his word. Th- th- that that he's just <laughs> he's doing Spendingberg things, and we all know that Mitch uh, McConnell is his adult supervision. Every day, Todd and Mitch walk into the the nation's capital together, holding hands, and Todd looks at Mitch and says, "What are we voting on today, Daddy?" Mm-hmm. And Mitch McConnell has made very clear that aid for other countries, printed money for other countries is the the number one priority of the Republican Party, and Todd Young desperately aspires to someday be Mitch McConnell, which is the leader in the U.S. Senate. Okay, so he said that all of these pieces are linked in very interesting ways, and we are being watched. Now, Casey, real quick, before we play this audio of Todd Young, Mm -hmm. sometimes I get kind of labeled as a villain a bad guy. Yeah. You're kind of unlikable. <laughs> and so you are the likable one on the show. Mm-hmm. And I realize that sometimes for uh, dramatic effect, I will uh, say things to make a point. Is there anything I've just said there that you disagree with in describing Todd Young and his voting record? No, he's he spends more money than anybody yes, in Congress. Yes, thank you. Okay. He's number one. So it's not Rob Kendall being a bad guy or unlikable. Todd Young really is that bad. Okay. So does he think that he can just push money at all of the problems because it's not his and he doesn't care because he's still getting his six-figure salary he's getting all the benefits that come with being a u.s senator money it doesn't matter that it's someone else's printed money this is the this is who the republicans are you are dealing with and todd young and i know we're about to play this audio here Mm -hmm. you're dealing with a guy who is totally subservient to the leadership of the party which is mitch mcconnell and a guy who desperately desires to be leadership of the party so he's telling you when Todd Young speaks everyone should listen because he's telling you where the Republican Party is go on a more sober note and what you were no doubt alluding to is we live in a parlous world we have Ukraine Israel post October 7 South China Sea remains dangerous Taiwan uh, and those are just the most sort of salient uh, hotspots or potential hotspots in the world. This is such a dangerous time. This is the most dangerous time in my lifetime <laughs> from a geopolitical standpoint. 
What a complete disingenuous a-hole. So we are led to believe that right now is more dangerous than than 9-11. Mm-hmm. And we were told during 9-11, well, we must invade Afghanistan. We must invade Iraq. We must have troops all over the globe ready to go in on standby. We must have, uh, you know, tens of thousands of uh, sons and daughters killed or maimed or wounded because it's so dangerous. It's always the most dangerous time, Casey. Isn't is. that wild? Yes. Did you notice that the flo- uh, the forks were clanking while he was talking? And I thought, <laughs> so glad you heard this that. is the most dangerous time, yet not so dangerous that a rubber chicken dinner <laughs> can't be stopped. I love that you heard that because if I'd have said that, people would have just said I'm mean-spirited and unlikable, but I'm I, glad I you just, said it. Can imagine that you're in that audience and here's the senator from Indiana saying this is the most dangerous time in his life and you're like shoving chicken in in your mouth really dangerous okay pass the salt because it is a real life version of whose line is it anyway where the game is made up and the rules don't matter and speaking of where the game's made up and the rules don't matter diego morales back in the news casey oh boy this is incredible <laughs> indiana capital chronicle did a story big write-up we've got facts and figures numbers it's it's shocking to even me it's, so that is saying something it's almost like diego doesn't take your money very serious casey <laughs> that's coming up it's 93 WIBC. Good morning. I was right. right. Admit it. I did. I said you are 100% right. This is why I'm an advice man. Mm -hmm. I've been through it all, Casey. Do you want to tell everybody what you're right about? Should we? Go, go what would be be, what would be a better segment? I don't know. Hearing Biden lament artificial intelligence <laughs> or us telling everybody what I was 100% right about that could be life-altering for any single man <laughs> hearing our voices right now. I love how... We you, have a choice. You, you have... Were, you were talking with Kevin about this, and I just jumped right in there, didn't I? And you, you... I agree ...as the voice you. of reason, because yeah. a lot of times, whether it's politics uh-huh. or dating or whatever, I get labeled as this... You know, oh, he's a misogynist. He's a radical. And you were like, no, he's absolutely right. You were right on this one. All right. So should we hold off on Diego and should we hold off on this Biden artificial intelligence to the top of next hour Mm -hmm. for this life altering thing that I have observed that could think about all the grief and heartache this could save the single men yeah. in our audience a lot of people. right now. Yeah, I think we should, I, we and should it's, discuss It's that. amazing how I notice these things now being <laughs> married that I never knew because I'm not emotionally invested in anything anymore. I mean, I'm emotionally, emotionally invested in my family, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I can see things. Right. That, it's, that you weren't noticing before. It's like how they used to, the greatest coaches were usually bad players. Like mm-hmm. Ted Williams was not a great manager because he was a great player and it's hard to teach people how you did things. A lot of your great managers were mediocre players because they sat the bench and watched the game and they saw things. Well, isn't that where that phrase comes from? Those who can't do teach? Yeah, you're right. And so in this case, I have noticed something that I, and you have confirmed. Yeah. And it is, if you are on these social medias Mm -hmm. and you are using this as a way to meet other people, specifically men, if you are looking at this as a way to meet women, If you stop seeing (laughs) regular photos being posted by a previously well-assembled woman Mm -hmm. on social media, Mm -hmm. and you'll they'll still post, right? Because you got to keep the act up. But it's just like a point of view shot or whatever. Yeah. Then that should probably be a, a red flag that the assembly is not deteriorating is not as well as it it is not as well assembled as it once was so you're saying the pictures of uh 
lady yeah. will be go from selfies or pictures of her right. to pictures of her friends right. instead right. or the locale st- Mexican casserole. We're still in the fun zone. <laughs> we're still living the life. Mm-hmm. I still want to be posting. But you will notice that there are fewer and fewer photos mm-hmm. of the person in question and usually that is, look, you don't go from being, look at me, I'm well assembled, to, I don't want anyone looking at me anymore. Right, exactly. And you, because I was laying this on Kev, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about Kevin these days. Sure. Um, Kevin is still out there <laughs> in available land, and I don't want to see Kevin walk into, you know, a minefield of some sort. And I was, Kevin and I were talking about this, and you just piped up and you were like, you're absolutely right, Rob. Yeah, that's true. It is true. Because if you're, you know, if things have slipped, maybe put on a few pounds or a wrinkle pops up right you don't want that out there and there's nothing wrong with that it's fine but i feel like we should be able to see the real you like if if we've got to be subjected to incessant posting when you are well assembled you should also have to keep incessantly posting when you're not well assembled we get to see the other side as well you got to lay it out there if you're Mm going to be social media person Mm -hmm. you know it's like uh you know when the, the Pacers, uh, Therese Halliburton isn't just going to play when they play the Wizards. He's got to play when they play the Warriors, too. you got to face the good, the bad, and the ugly, brother. The other thing you might notice is the filters get heavier and heavier. How do you even know anymore? <laughs> Society just looks like one giant filter at yeah, this point. right? See, aren't you glad we chose that segment? I, I'm, I'm glad. You were, you were right. <laughs> hey, the pastor's coming up next. I know. Michael Beckwith <laughs> on the way from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. These are better days, baby. Yes, better days shining through. Oh, yeah, 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey. Did I sound like the Kool-Aid man there? <laughs> yes, Edward. you're going to barge through a wall oh any minute now. Uh, well, you hey, know, I'm, hey, ready to, hey. I'm ready to either barge through a wall or go to the WIBC hotline because Micah Beckwith joins us now. All right, Beckwith, before we get to the fact that you have now shown up in an Indianapolis City County Council mailer uh, hit piece, mm-hmm. uh, we gotta we got to talk to you about Mike Pence. Um, I'm sure you're not taking near the victory lap that I am, that this guy got his comeuppance, but uh, let's face it, the guy got what he deserved. Well, listen, I think we all kind of knew that Mike didn't really stand a chance uh, running for president. Now, here's the thing. I always give credit to where credit's due. Mike Pence, I've I've looked up to him for a long time because he's been somebody that has been a strong advocate for faith and family values. But well, wait, 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 wait. In, fair, in fairness, whoa, whoa, whoa. In fairness <laughs> people thought Madoff was a good guy for a while, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, can I finish? Can yes. I finish? Can I finish? All right, thank you. Uh, no, so here's here's what I think has happened in the Republican Party over the last 10 years. We have seen the Republicans not fight for anything. They've always been this, like, Ronald Reagan, Tip O'Neill kind of kind of uh, world where they think, well, we can just sit down with the other side and, and we can reason with them and they'll be rational. We all, we all want the same thing. We all want America to be, you know, moving in that direction towards traditional values and, and you know, constitutional values. But unfortunately, the left has gone so far off the cliff of crazy that now Republicans are in a either fight or 
or go or be be totally destroyed. And and they don't like that. The old school Republicans cannot get that fighting mentality in their head. And I think that's probably been a little bit of Mike Pence's problem where he doesn't like the Donald Trump style. But what he doesn't realize is people in America resonate with Donald Trump because they're like, there's a guy that at least fight for something. Like, I want someone to get out there and fight for me. And no one's doing it in the Republican Party. And here's a guy, yeah, and he's not perfect, but at least he's fighting. And I think that's that's where the Mike Pence's kind of have have missed the boat a little bit. Um, but again, I, I think Mike has done a lot of great things for our state and our nation. What? I give him credit for what that. What did he do? What? Uh, he's, he's been a huge advocate for uh, uh, pro-life issues. He's been a huge ad- advocate what, for- Wait, 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 wait. What? No, 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 no. See, you're doing the thing, and I love you, but I'm not going to let you get away with this. This is, and Casey, this is a learning moment for our audience. This is exactly what I've talked about, where- The guy gave great speeches, Mm -hmm. absolutely no doubt. I'm talking in terms of actual accomplishment. What did Mike Pence do? I'll give you, I'll give you uh, 16 years, Micah. So Congress or as governor, what meaningful thing did Mike Pence do where you'd go, wow, no one else could have done that? Let me give you, let me give you one here. So there's one. So the very one of the first things Donald Trump did when he got into office. No, that's Trump. That doesn't count, Micah. No, 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 no. This you gotta listen, listen. At the leading of Mike Pence was he he uh he reversed the johnson amendment through an executive order and that was done because mike pence had pushed him to do so and mike pence said listen churches have a right to speak out on issues of politics and issues uh, even though they're 501c3s they should be able to speak their mind and let their congregations know what they believe when it comes to politics and the johnson amendment has been a boogeyman kind of uh, tactic that the left has used and so mike pence he was the one that encouraged donald trump to to executive order that away and to this day it's i don't think i'm pretty sure joe biden hasn't uh, put that back in uh in the place yet. So that's one good thing. And again, it goes back to the faith and family principles that Mike Pence holds. And, and he's not perfect. Don't please hear me. I, I, I have issues with Mike Pence too, but, but I do think I, there's been some good things like that, that I'm like, okay, those are little things that help move the ball down the field. Okay. So that's the equivalent of if you become Lieutenant governor, people going, wow, Rob told Micah, he should run for Lieutenant governor. He deserves <laughs> all the credit for Micah's victory. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that sad that the guy was in the U S Congress for whatever that was over a decade. He was governor for four years, and we got to stretch to, hey, he told Trump he should do this. I mean, come on. <laughs> hey, I, now, now, there's reports. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but there's reports that, that Pence was instrumental in getting the three justices uh, uh, pushed through. I mean, that's, that was huge, don't you think? I, I missed his vote on that as well. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean we're, we're, we're doing rumor innuendo that... here at this point. Hey, I heard. <laughs> Come on. Somebody said something once. He, he, he okay, just, and again, Mike, Mike is our guest. We're just having some fun with him. And look, Mike, I, I'm not going to let you stop this victory lap that I'm on in regards to Mike Pence, no matter how hard you try. <laughs> to me, January 4th, the Casey and I talked about this yesterday, was the, the big example, right? So he's in this crowd in Georgia on January 4th, and he's telling them all these things they want to hear. Oh, yeah, I'm with Trump, and I got all these concerned about the election and we're going to hear the concerns and we're going to get to the bottom of it and then on january 6th he does the exact opposite and spends two and a half years acting like he's some sort of patriot that deserves a medal of freedom because he did the exact opposite of what he told people two days before he was going to do 
Well, yeah, and that's that is a big criticism of mine towards Mike Pence is how he he has been saying that he did not have the constitutional authority to to halt the electors. He absolutely did. I know our founders. I studied the the writings of our founders. They did not put the vice president over the certification of the electors uh, just as pomp and circumstance. They didn't do anything ceremonially. They, they it was a specific reason, and the reason was you were the ultimate arbiter. You had to say this is right or this is wrong. And Pennsylvania. There's one one example right there. Pennsylvania uh, rejected. They, they broke their, their state constitution to do what they did in 2020. Just on that alone, Mike Pence should have said, listen, I cannot in good conscience constitutionally uh, certify this election. Pennsylvania, you got to go back and fix it. You got to you got to make sure your constitution is in line with your voting practices and then come back and then we'll we'll certify. But but he didn't do that. And so I've always said that he had the authority to do to do just that. Uh, back with is our guest Casey. Did you see that Micah is at the center of a hit piece being sent out to Marion County voters? I did, and he's being called an infamous extremist <laughs> on the flyer. There's a there's a picture of you, Micah. You're looking pretty good. All right, yeah, it's this, it's a terrible photo that looks like you have just emerged <laughs> from a bunker somewhere or a nap, and, and it says, "quote Jared's opponent and her husband are extremists." And then there's a like quotes from you like tell me what is going on with this. Well, I I don't really know. I mean, to, <laughs> when you get into the le- to the left's head, sometimes it's all crazy in there. But um, I, I think one of the things that I have said often is I am not an extremist. I have stayed put. I stay on the the word of God. I stand on the word, which is the rock. And as the left continues to take the culture further and further off the cliff of stupid, people will look at people like me and they'll say, oh, my gosh, you're so extreme. I don't believe little boys can be little girls and little girls can be little boys. And I don't believe that we should be teaching that in our schools. And that is what the left thinks is extreme now. But if I would have gone back 20 years ago and said, even pulled people like Barack Obama and Hillary, Hillary Clinton aside and said, Hey, your party's going to be pushing ideas like this in our schools in 20 years. They would have said that's crazy 20 years ago. They would have absolutely said. So I'm not the extreme one here. I just stay put. I just say this is biblical values. These are constitutional values, and I'm staying right here. I'm not moving. And as the culture gets worse and worse and goes totally off the cliff of stupid, you will be called an extremist for just standing firm on truth and that's what's going on real quick casey so this it looks like this mailer was in support of a guy named jared Ed evans i think he's on the city county council if i'm not mistaken he's running for re-election but i, I before i turn it over to Casey, i don't get it like you don't live in marion county like you're not you don't have anything to do with marion county or the city county council why why are you even in this mailer i mean i'm i'm honored i wish someone uh you know would have let you know ahead of time so we didn't get surprised <laughs> but why i don't understand any of this well that's a good question i don't know i mean, um, I mean you, you have know, ties I, to the like what why are you like i don't get it i feel like it's like well, the underwear gnome episode of south park it's like something something underwear something something profit like there's a middle point here that i've missed on why you're popping up in an indianapolis city county council mailer hit piece well, I think the, the left, they need the Donald Trump boogeyman. I think mm. they need the, the villains. I think they're like, they're like, okay, that's a really bad guy who doesn't, who do, who we can use. And, and, you know, I've been around the state. I've been speaking all over the, the state of Indiana talking about why Democrat policies are destroying America. And so the Democrats, they don't like me. I mean, I'm probably uh, up there as probably one of the most hated uh, guys on their, uh, you know, their, their, their small little war room that they have because the Democrats are pretty irrelevant in Indiana. I mean, I, I think they, 
they just get they get mad about that. They're just like we don't have any place in Indiana, and so the only places that they really do anything is is Indianapolis, and and that's about it. And so I think they're they're just looking for the the person that they can blame and say, oh, he's an extremist. So now, if you the interesting thing about that mailer was, I don't know who Jared is, nor do I, nor do I even have any clue what his platform is i mean this doesn't see this is the problem with like miles nelson's doing this in carmel all he wants to do is say oh my gosh mom's for liberty extremists so vote for me okay well what are you running on miles what are you what are what's your your platform and your policies they do this all the time it's just it's fear-mongering and that's that's a democrat tactic hey micah they highlighted the line that said conservative and pastor micah beckwith like those are supposed to be digs at you How do you you feel about being a polarizing figure like that, being a conservative and a pastor? I wear that badge proudly. And here's here's what's fun. Uh, Anytime I go to a Republican function and you you know it's Republican by these two things that happen. You, You have somebody come up and they open with prayer. And then we stand up and we say the Pledge of Allegiance. I promise you, I promise you in the Democrat Party, that, those two things do not happen in, in party uh, uh, functions, whether it's, it's their, their fundraisers and things like that. You won't hear prayer very often, if at all. And I would, I would doubt that you're starting to see the Pledge of Allegiance uh, you know, on a rise in the, uh, in the Democrat Party. I think it's going the opposite way. I, whenever we do uh, the pledge at the library board uh, in Hamilton County, we stand up and we do the pledge. There's, there's a handful of Democrats that stay seated and they will not stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. That's the problem with the Democrat Party. They hate America. They hate everything that we were founded on, and they want to destroy it, fundamentally change it, and make us look like a Marxist European you know, utopia in their minds. Hey, Micah, last week when we were talking about the Speaker of the House race, you had mentioned Mike Johnson, and then lo and behold, that's who actually ended up getting the position. So look into your crystal ball and tell us, what do you think is going to happen in the mayor's race in Indianapolis? Oh, wow. Uh, (laughs) It was was easier to predict uh, uh, Mike Johnson. No, I I think... um, I think Jefferson Shreve would have probably been the guy without a doubt who would win if he would have, if he would have just not come out against second amendment values. I mean, I can't, to this day, I'm just like Jefferson, you, you literally came out and said you were against the, some, uh, something in the bill of rights. I mean, you, how do you do that as a Republican? And just even as an elected official, I get the Democrats do this all the time, but but we're finding ourselves in this place where it's like, well, vote for Jefferson because he's basically a Democrat. He's just going to be a little bit better of a Democrat than than Hogsett. And that doesn't work. I mean, you can't win the base that way. That's You've got to have the base fired up and passionate about you to get their friends to the poll, especially in a place like Indianapolis. But I think Jefferson's mindset is, hey, it's so Democrat. I've got to look like the lesser Democrat in order to get the Democrats to vote for me. And, hey, I just, you know <laughs> – that doesn't work. I, I, and so I, I think, unfortunately, Hogsett's probably going to win. Um, and I don't, get, please hear me. I think Hogsett's terrible. I think it's just Indianapolis is going to continue to go down the, the you know, hell hole that it's been going down. But, but I just wish Jefferson would have just said, listen, I can't reject the Constitution. I'm going to stand firm on the Constitution. He didn't have to make it about guns. He could have gone. He could have. He could have gone a totally different talking point. But he made it about guns, and he said, "We're going to take guns from law-abiding guns away from law-abiding citizens." When it's like, "Whoa, that's not the problem. The problem is is lawbreakers. Go after the lawbreakers." And and so anyway, I don't know. I think that's just my my two cents there. And uh, I think Hogsett probably will win, but 
Again, I, I don't think that'll be good for Indianapolis, though. All right, that was the longest segment ever. We're probably all getting fired, Beckwith. Thanks for all you've done for us. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. I love you guys. <laughs> thanks, Micah. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.